This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice, and we shall be glad in it. God bless these mighty worship leaders this morning. Amen. Amen. No, no, we, we can do better than that, church. Listen, you put all that in the microphone, give them a love deposit. Amen. Amen. To our sisters and our brothers, thank you so much for allowing God to use you as a ready vessel to help lead us in worship because our God is worthy of our praise. Amen, somebody? Uh, I, I can just tell as we get in this relationship together, y'all like to praise God. Amen, somebody? Amen. That, that means, I'm, listen, that makes my job easy. I ain't got to come here and coerce nobody into praising God. Amen. Y'all already ready to praise the Lord. Amen. And it's just so good when people are comfortable expressing themselves in the Lord and you don't have to worry about somebody looking at you and looking funny and looking sideways. But when you can praise God in freedom and in peace, it certainly sets up a mighty, a mighty atmosphere. So God bless you. Listen, um, I said this at the eight o'clock uh, hour, and I'll say this again, but uh, when, when my wife and I received a phone call that I was one of two finalists, you must understand, um, my jaw dropped and my heart was certainly humbled um, at uh, the phone call, and I want for you to know, um, no matter where God leads us, whether I am uh, your minister or not, I am forever changed at the opportunity uh, at the confidence that you have expressed in my family and I, and I just really want to say I thank you uh, for all that you have done um, in, in my work in ministry. So God bless you for that. Luke chapter 15 is where I want to rendezvous this morning. Luke 15, I, I'm going to try my best to get y'all out of here so you don't miss the game. Amen, somebody. Amen. Listen, I know some brother right now, Matt, <laughs> some brother looking at the clock right now saying, hurry up, I got I to gotta get the pit started. Amen, somebody. Yeah, so. Luke chapter number 15 is where we want to gather. And I want to gather your attention to verse number 17. Uh, and before I do that, I want to acknowledge a brother of mine, uh, Brother Anthony Johnson. Uh, over here, uh, a handsome single young brother. Amen. Go on, stand, go on, stand up, Doc, so they can. No, no, stand up so they can see you. Come on, stand up so they can. Yeah, handsome. You know, it ain't. Y'all don't act like it ain't. It ain't nothing wrong with getting hooked up in the Lord. Amen, somebody. I mean, <laughs> amen. You're going to find somebody. This is the best place to find. Amen. Amen. Okay, all right. I'm just saying. Amen. Amen. But it's so good. Uh, Anthony, and I say that because Anthony and I uh, and Jennifer together, interesting. Uh, we all went to Southwestern together. We spent four years behind those tracks. Now, listen, here's what you don't do. Um, I spent four years of my life with this man. Now listen, now what you don't, now don't, don't go to him after service and say, what was he like in school? Like, don't do that, okay? Don't do that, all right? We made a promise back there that what happened behind them tracks <laughs> stays behind them tracks, amen, all right, all right. And whatever I did anyway, the Lord forgave me, amen, somebody, okay? Listen, Luke 15, amen. Thank God for grace, right? Verse 17, listen to the Spirit. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran, embraced and kissed. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. Listen to the spirit church. Now the older son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and he heard dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. Hear the Bible. But he became angry and was not able to go in to his uh, brother. And his father came out pleading with him, but he answered and said, look, for so many years I've been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, and all, and, and he said to him, son, you always have been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live. He was lost and has been found. I want to talk about two approaches to a sinner. Two approaches to a sinner. There's no doubt that even as I began to read that text, that there are those of you here that you believe that you already know what I'm going to preach about. That right now in your mind, you believe that what I'm going to do is I am going to talk about how this younger brother disrespected his father. I mean, hey, let's be honest. Isn't that the sermon you've always heard? Isn't the sermon that you always heard is look at the love of the father after his son was so disrespectful to him. Haven't you heard it that way? And what you're waiting for me to do is you're waiting for me to get to a point to where I talk about how, as a parent, you have to watch how your children talk to you. You have to watch how your children interact with you. And you want for me to go into, as being a parent, how it is when your children mess up, you should always be there with open arms to receive your child back. But what I want to make clear in this relationship, Avenue F, if we go forward, is that I'm not going to preach what the Bible doesn't want me to preach. But I'm always going to preach what the Bible tells me to preach. And the Bible does not tell me to preach what you've always heard. The Bible tells me to preach what the author meant when he wrote this text. Because what I can assure you is that while all the things that you have heard from this text are true, 
I'm not so sure that that is what the Holy Spirit meant to be mentioned in this particular story. If you need my credentials, if you need my background, if you need for me to tell you where I'm coming from, I don't have to give you all of that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let Luke, the physician, give you his background into his story. And when Luke identifies his background and his story, Luke will automatically give us the context and parameters as to how you and I are to interpret this story. The story starts in Luke chapter number 14 when Jesus is having a conversation. Jesus is eating among tax collectors and sinners. And the Bible says that there are some Pharisees that see Jesus eating among these tax collectors and sinners and they say, look at your teacher. How is it that your teacher is there eating among folk that sin and eating among tax collectors, people that will rob their own people. If your teacher is so holy, how could he be around these kinds of people? Jesus opens the story this way. He says, let me tell you two stories. Number one, he says, there was a woman that she had 10 coins. And one of the coins she lost. And she cleared the house. She cleared everything until she found that one coin. Watch the story. The Bible says when she found that one coin, what did she do? She went and got all of her friends and she says, come and celebrate with me because the coin that I lost, I found. They didn't get that one. So Jesus says, let me give you another one. He says there was a man that was out and he had a hundred sheep and one of the sheep left got lost and the man left the 99 sheep and he went in search of that one sheep and when he found that one sheep he took the sheep and put the sheep on his shoulders and he carried it back and as he was walking he went house to house saying you everybody come out and celebrate with me for this one sheep that was lost is now been found he says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 folk that don't think that they need to repent. Jesus goes into his third story. Jesus goes into his third story. Jesus says, and there was a father that had two sons. And the one father goes to his son and he says, Daddy, due day has come. And I want for you to split up the family inheritance among my brother and I. And I want for you to split it up and give me what is due to me right now. Church, do you see the story? And what I want to help you is I want to teach you. As we build this relationship together, I want you to know I'm going to preach the Bible. Um, I'm going to preach it the way God wants me to preach. I'm not going to preach necessarily what you've always heard. But I'm going to preach what the text tells me to preach. And I want for you to see that there is a common thread that happens in all three stories. But in the third story, it doesn't happen the way it did in the last story. Watch the first story. I lost a coin, but when I found it, I got everybody to come with me and celebrate that I found it. And the second one, I found my sheep, and I'm going to get everybody around me to come and to celebrate this sheep that I have found. But I want for you to pick up the last story. When the brother is found, everybody can celebrate but one person. In the first story, everybody celebrates. In the second story, everybody celebrates. But in the third story, everybody celebrates but the one that was related to the brother. 
<coughs> What's the story? The story is, I want for you to see this morning, what happens when people offend you? Because let's be honest, let's be honest as we build this together. You need to know that at some point in your life, people are going to offend you. People are going to hurt you. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to come up short in their relationship with you. You ready for it? You cannot dictate or control what people do to you. And that's why some of us get our, get our problem right there. We try to control folks. You didn't marry it and now you want to change it. You didn't marry it and now you want to change Here, I got a question for you. If his mama didn't had him for 25 years and couldn't change him. Conflict is going to happen. But I can never control the actions of another person. But what I can control is how I react or choose to act in response to how a person reacts to me. And let me be quite clear and quite candid right here. I don't always have to act a fool because you act a fool. Did y'all hear that? Get that in your spirit. Just because you cuss me don't mean I got to cuss you. Just because you mistreat me doesn't mean that I have to mistreat you. I have control over me. I don't have control over you. Hey man, something. Okay, all right. So watch it now. Two responses. Watch it. The Bible says when the brother comes back home, the father goes out and the father welcomes that brother with open arms. He puts a coat on him, puts a ring back on his hand, and I'll tell you what that means. He really restores him back to full sonship. That's one response. That is when conflict happens, when, when distrust has happened, the father chooses to look beyond what the son had done to him, and he says, though you mistreated me, I'm going to make sure I treat you right. But then you have the older brother. The older brother. Well, let's be honest. He has a right to be upset. Okay. Can I help you understand why he has a right to be upset? Remember what the younger brother did. He says, Daddy, I want for you to give me what belongs to me right now. Now, do you know culturally what that means? Culturally, that is ultimate disrespect because what is due to the children, due art is not given to the children until the parents die. And so what the brother is saying to the father is, listen, daddy, you've been alive too long and, and you in my way and I can't get what I want until you die. So since I can't wait for you to die, I need for you to give me what is mine now and I'm going to treat you as if you are already dead. It goes deeper. The father, the Bible says, gives it to his son. Do y'all know what that means? The Bible says, remember, he went and squandered his father's assets. Do you know what that meant? 
Do you know that the father had to literally go and sell everything that he had? He had to go and sell his property. He had to go and sell his home. He had to go and sell the animals. He had to go and sell everything that he owned. And when he sold it, then now, if you go to Deuteronomy, it'll show you that the, because he had two sons, the oldest son was due two-thirds of everything the father had. The youngest son was due one-third of what the father had, which means the older brother got two-thirds, the younger brother got one-third. But do you understand when the younger brother came back home and the father gave him rights back to full sonship, that means that if this boy chooses to leave again, we got to split everything that's left over up again. So you already came and took some stuff the first time. And now that daddy has allowed you to come back, you are infringing upon what belongs to me. Do y'all see this? Do y'all see that? And what you see is you see a brother that is not able to rejoice at somebody coming home, number one. And here's what you need to know. Now here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. The story is not, though it includes, the story is not about the brother that left. The story is about the brother that stayed home. And you know something that story teaches you real quick? That the brother that left was actually closer to the father than the brother that stayed home. And that tells me something right there. You can act like or seem from outside appearances that you close to God, but just because you close to God don't mean that folk outside the Because you see, and I wanna show you, Though this brother stayed home, he was actually further away from the father than the brother that left. And you notice this because notice what his mind was set on when the brother came back. How dare you let him come back? How dare you give him the coat? How dare you give him the ring? How dare you throw a party for him? That showed his heart. His heart was on what the daddy had, not who the daddy was. And if you're not careful, church, you will fool around and stay with the Lord, not because of who the Lord is, but because of what the Lord has. And when you stay with the Lord because of what the Lord has, when people that are hurting come to the Lord, they don't want to have anything to do with you. People that are hurting in the community don't want to know you, don't want to be around you, because the only reason you're next to the Father with the artificial, being artificially next to him, you're only with the Father only because of what he provides for you, not because you love him. This brother was not with the, didn't stay with the father because he felt the father was good, the father was gracious. He was only there because he knew one day it would be payday. But church, as I take you down this road, I'm gonna show you this. What I have to show you is how you respond to people that leave and come back. That leave and come back. 
in the first place, here's what you need to know. If you don't have your mind right about who you are, then you will never be able to receive people that are hurting. Okay, y'all not getting, y'all not feeling me. Go to 1 Corinthians 6 and let me show you what I'm talking about. Come on, go to 1 Corinthians 6 with me. I want to show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and I want to look at verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9. Are you there? All right, here it is. You ready? Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Here's a list. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse number 11, and such were some of you. Not, not, see, y'all didn't get that. Now, can I go back? <laughs> Effeminate, homosexual, idolaters, adulterers, and the like shall what? Not inherit the kingdom of God. But before you start talking about them other folk out there, he says, you need to remember something. That's exactly who you used, who you used to be. So here's the reality. The reality is the older brother could not receive the younger brother back because the older brother forgot who he used to be. And whenever you forget who you used to be and where God has brought you from, you will then begin to put standards on other folk that God does not put on you. Can anybody in here testify that there are some things I used to be, some places I used to go, some things I used to say, some thoughts I used to have, but now I have been washed. In the blood of Jesus. Now, what does it do to my mind? What this does to Brother Ross's mind is this puts me in the proper place to receive hurting people. Because when I realize and remember where God brought me from. Amen, somebody. And that's what we'll do. Well, I just think it's a disgrace that that girl ain't married to nobody. Now she didn't have a baby and ain't married to nobody. Here's the problem with that. You used to do the same thing she did to have a baby, but you just didn't have a baby and make it public where everybody knew that you was doing what it took to make a baby. Well, I just, I just don't understand these young folk today. Don't, 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 do, don't, don't do nothing, don't want nothing, don't, don't, don't do nothing in church. I just don't understand. Do you forget? I don't understand wearing your pants all crazy when do you soon forget? I don't understand the music these folk listen to. I don't understand the music these young folk listen to. Do you remember when that brother song turned out the lights? And you ready for it? And he wasn't talking about it so he could pray either. Amen, somebody. But we soon forget what we used to be, and what that does is it really exposes why you're with God. Let's be honest, church, you're not with God because you've always gotten it right. You're with God because God has shown you a heart of grace. God has shown you a heart of mercy. 
God looked beyond your faults and God saw your needs. You're only with God because God has chosen to show you grace. And so how is it that you cannot show grace to other people after God has been so gracious and so loving and so forgiving to you? All this did was expose the other brother. And let me be clear, when people that have left the Lord come back to the Lord, you better check yourself because all that will do is expose who you really are. Well, who they think they are? Wait, 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 wait. We gonna do what with them? No, do y'all remember what they did? Did y'all hear about what they did? Do you remember what they used to do? They ain't no way in the world. Well, here it is. They, that's what they did last week. What you do last night? Did I say last night? What did you do on the way to church? Oh, I'm sorry. What did you do in the parking lot? What are you looking at on your phone in church? Amen, somebody. I'm trying to show you. Oftentimes, when people that are hurting come into our presence, our hearts are truly exposed. And here is the reality. Church, when you came to the Lord, there was a celebration in heaven. When people that are hurting come to the Lord, there should be a celebration in the church that says, I'm so glad that you were lost, but now you're found. I'm so glad that you've come back to the Lord. I know you were out there and you were hurting, but I'm so glad that God has restored you to full sonship. Let me tell you what I've been. Let me tell you what I've done. Let me show you what God has done for me. And if God did it for me, God can show enough, do it for you. Stop being, stop being, stop being a dam for grace and start being a river of grace. What do I mean by that? Grace shouldn't stop with you. Grace should flow through you. Because God has shown you grace, you now should become a vessel that then begins to just show grace to folk all around you. Because here's the reality. One day somebody gonna offend you. One day somebody gonna leave you. One day somebody gonna need some forgiveness from you. How are you gonna respond? It's true. And let's not, let's not deal with this as if I'm talking about something that doesn't make sense. Listen, here's the truth. Truth of the matter is, that brother was wrong. And do you know according to the law, the father could have had that boy killed? The father could have killed him all. But do you see, in reality, all of us at one time or another, we have been that younger brother. See, ain't nobody testify, but two folk. Amen, somebody. No, but no, Brother Ross, that wasn't me. No, no, Brother Ross, listen. No, no, listen. My mama had me in the church. I've been bringing me to church since I was a baby. I've been in the pews, in the Bible class. Brother Ross, I ain't never did that before. You ready for it? You just did because you're lying. You're lying. Be honest with yourself. And I ain't even, I'm not even talking about things you used to struggle with. Some of us in here right now got some struggles, some issues, some hangups, some things we're dealing with in our life. People have hurt you. And I'm not talking about fictitiously. I'm talking about you have a legitimate hurt in your life that people either on purpose or on accident has caused. You can't change that. It's true. Daddy did it. Daddy did it. That's the truth. He did and it's also equally true, he was wrong for doing it when he did it. It's true, uncle did what he did. Shouldn't have did it, but uncle did what he did, and you can't change what uncle did. It's true, sister did it, mama did it, daddy ran off, co-worker did it, husband did it, fiance did it, uh, boyfriend did it, girlfriend did it, your boss did it, your co-worker did it. It is true, they did it. But how are you going to respond? 
to what they've done. Because it shows. And I shared this in Bible class. Let me help you out with something. I want to help you. Because I shared this, I'm going to share it now. Listen. Don't tell me that you have forgiven somebody until you have been put in a position where you're able to hurt them. Because the reality is, there are a lot of us that say we have forgiven and we've gotten past and we've moved on, but the reality is you've just never been in a position where you could cause that person harm. But if ever you are given the position or authority to cause them harm, you will cut them and you will cut them as quickly as you see them. And now listen, but what God will do oftentimes is that God will put you in a position with people that hurt you to either hurt them or bless them. And God stands back as a referee and says, okay, now what you going to do? And what God wants to wait and see is, are you going to do what your flesh wants to do? Because your flesh wants to hurt people. Your flesh wants to destroy them. Your flesh wants to get back at them. But God says, why would you do that to them when I didn't do that to you? Remember when you were out there doing what you did? I didn't destroy you. Remember when you were talking the way you were talking? I didn't leave you. Remember when you were out there messing up uh, and doing whatever it is you thought you were big enough and bad enough to do? I didn't abandon you. I didn't mistreat you. So what am I saying to you? God is saying, I don't want for you to pay it back because you'll never pay it back. But here's what I want you to start doing. I want for you to start paying my grace forward. Pay it forward to people that hurt you. I said this and I'm going to say it now. Listen, here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is like unlocking a cell door and realizing it was always you that was the prisoner. You locked up. I just ain't talking. I ain't saying nothing. They don't see me, I don't see them. I ain't, I ain't gonna mess, they messed me the last time. I ain't never gonna say nothing to them. They ain't, ain't nothing that I, and here's the problem with that. They done went on about their life. They chilling sleep somewhere, and you the one over here. They ain't never gonna do this to me no more. I ain't doing nothing. I don't even want to see him. I, I ain't even walk by him in church. I walk right around the church so I ain't got to see him, talk to him. Nothing. They better not even look at him. Here's the problem with that. They over here chilling. They sleep. They relax. While you're the one losing sleep on blood pressure medication, cholesterol, eating up everything in the house, talking, cussing, acting crazy, you're doing all that. God says, pay my grace forward. Be a river of grace. Don't be a stumbling block for grace. If I have had grace towards you, then I expect for you to have grace towards other people. Do y'all see this story now? It includes the younger son, but it's not about only the younger son. It's not about the one that ran. It's about the one that stayed. You can't do nothing about that brother that ran off. You can't do nothing about him. When he get his mind right, he'll come back. You can't do nothing about that. But what you can do is choose, if this boy does decide to come back, if that man, if that husband, if that wife, if that son, if that daughter, if that coworker, if that boss, if this neighbor, if they decide to come back, I'm getting myself right so that I can respond with grace because God has given me grace. Do y'all understand what I'm saying this morning? Responding to folks with grace. Can I share something with you? Let me share this with you. 
free yourself from grudge. Free yourself from your anger. Free yourself <coughs> from your bitterness. Because you know what happens when you don't? Just share this, and I'm done. When you don't get relationships that have been broken right, and I'm talking about getting yourself right, that person might not ever come back. But getting yourself right, do you know what happens? When other people come in your life, you will never love them correctly. Because you will always look at them through the lens of people in your past that you have not forgiven for what they've done. And as long as you keep on holding on to the people that hurt you, the things that hurt you, and you continue to hold a grudge, and now you become bitter, and you, just the thought of it, you will never fully love other people that come into your life because you will always be looking at them out of your pain and not out of your healing. Even in your relationships, some of us haven't forgiven people. We haven't gotten past it. We have not given it over to God. And now what we have done is we're not really open with people. I'll let you get so far and you ain't coming no closer. Because the last person I let get that close, they hurt me. So what do I do? I keep everybody at a distance. Don't get near me. And if people never are able to get near you, you will never be able to genuinely love them. Because what do you do? You begin to build walls to protect you and you don't realize all you've done is built a prison that holds you. God says, it's true, this brother, he was wrong. This brother, he never should have done what he did. But you can never control him but you can control how you choose to respond. Listen, let it go this morning. Forgive this morning. Remember all that you have done and how much grace God has given you and had towards you, and let it go forgive this morning. What do I mean when I say forgive? Forgive is very simple. Colossians would explain. Forgiveness simply means canceling a debt. Did y'all hear that? Canceling a debt. Now, did y'all hear me say cancel? No, no. Did y'all hear me say cancel? Y'all know what cancel means. See, y'all can't shout because you don't know what cancel means. If you knew what cancel means, you would shout. How much is on your credit card right now? What if you looked at your statement when you got home and it said zero? Here's the problem. You ain't put nothing on it, but it says zero. Do you know what that means? That means that somebody has canceled what you owe without you that was in debt having to pay it back. Do y'all know that's what God did for you? Do you know that you were in sin debt and God sent Jesus to get you out of a debt that you will never be able, that you were never able to repay. And what did God say? God says, listen, I paid your debt off. But listen, here's the good part. I don't expect you to pay me back for what I did for you because you will never be able to pay me back.
But what do I expect? I expect you to pay it forward to those around you. Church, that's what God has done. Canceling debt, that's what you do. No, listen, no, listen. No, I hear you, Ross. No, ain't, ain't gonna happen, listen. Uh, I mean, they can work on it. And, you know, if they just show me over time that I can trust them again, then, you know, hey, you know, I might, you know, I might, I might begin open up knocking. No, no. Canceling a debt means the debt is canceled. That means it's done with. It is over. And here, I'm going to tell you something else it won't do. You can't say yet you've forgiven somebody and every time you see them, you bring it up what they did. Well, remember when you did? I remember that time you did. No, but you said you forgave me. Why are we talking about stuff happened five years ago and you said you forgave me? But that happens when you have not properly healed from your hurt. Y'all understand what I'm saying this morning? Listen, give it over to God. Give it over to God. It was painful. It hurt you. That's why even the thought of it brings about pain and hurt in your body and in your mind. I'm suggesting to you this morning, what do you do? I'm saying you need to learn to forgive people that have hurt you. That will free you. And then you are responding in grace because here is what I have learned about life. As much as I like to think people have hurt me, I always have to remember I've hurt somebody else. And one day I'm gonna have to go to somebody and say, listen, brother, I'm sorry, man, listen, I'm sorry, man. Um, I didn't mean to do that, I, I, you know, I was wrong, I was out of my mind, I didn't mean to do what I did. Man, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Now God says this, don't expect that brother to forgive you when you haven't forgiven people in your life that have hurt you. So church, listen, this morning, give it over to God. You came here with pain, leave healed. You came here hurt, leave with God healing your heart that you might be open again to love people to love people genuinely out of a heart of compassion that says, I realize all God has done for me and I'm willing to give that forward. Do y'all understand that this morning? You're here this morning, you're not a Christian. Faith, repentance, confession, baptism, you can become a child of God. If you're already a child of God and you need prayer, listen, oftentimes when we get to this moment, it's a moment where people say, okay, we're almost out of here. You know, hey, is we almost done? I can just bear it a little bit longer. No, 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 no. This is time for you to get it right with the Lord. This is time for you to get your relationship with God right. If you need prayer, come get prayer. This morning, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, be added to the body of Christ, given the gift of the Holy Spirit, let's do that this morning. But don't leave out of here the same way that you came. What shall you do this morning as we together stand and sing the song? that has been chosen by the worship leaders. God bless you.